Retainer Medicine is a care relationship in which the patient pays an annual fee, or retainer. Many claim that retainer medicine is more effective and fulfilling for both caregivers and care recipients. In this episode of the ASN Kidney News Podcast, ASN Executive Director Todd Ibrahim speaks with Robert Center, MD, who discusses the subject and addresses the ethical questions inspired by his pro-retainer medicine article in a recent issue of the Annals of Internal Medicine. Well, Dr. Centaur, thank you for joining us for today's discussion. My pleasure. Could you define retainer medicine for us? Retainer medicine is an arrangement between a patient and a physician. The patient pays a retainer just like you would pay a lawyer retainer and gets all of their ongoing outpatient care for that one fee. Some people have called this concierge medicine. Uh, We prefer the term retainer medicine because the retainer fee can range from as little as $60 a month to as much as $20,000 a year. What's the difference in terms of the patient population? So if you are a traditional primary care physician, on average, how many patients would you have versus if you become a retainer medicine physician? It looks like most internists are following somewhere between 2,000 and 3,000 patients in their overall panel size in traditional internal medicine. Retainer physicians will be as low as 300 and as high as 1,000. They have less patients and therefore they can see you on the same day. They answer telephone calls. They answer emails. They sometimes make house calls. Uh, They're much more likely to satisfy your daily needs for interacting with physician than internists can in the traditional fee-for-service manner that we've become used to. Now, you mentioned internists. Does this also apply to other primary care physicians? There seem to be more internists doing this than family physicians, but there is a growing movement in family medicine also. So mostly internists, some family physicians. As I think about this, if I were entering into, say, an internal medicine residency, What types of skills and knowledge areas would someone emphasize differently than other internists? As I have talked to retainer physicians, they tend to have more sick, complicated patients. They need to have uh, a lot of skills in communication. Uh, They need to be able to balance patients who have four, five, six diagnoses. I think that internal medicine residencies really prepare you for this, but it's also your experience after residency that gets you to the point that you can be an especially good uh, position for these more complex patients. So that gets to the relationship between a retainer medicine physician and specialties like nephrology that have a lot of, of chronically ill patients. From your perspective, A, how is the relationship going to be between retainer medicine physicians and subspecialists? And B, do you see perhaps a scenario where the retainer medicine physician may have sort of the initial, say, group of chronic kidney disease patients, and then there would be some sort of handoff to the nephrologist or to other specialists? I believe that the relationship with subspecialists or retainer physician will be a bit like the relationship of any internist with subspecialists, with the one exception 
that the retainer physician is much more likely to have a particular subspecialist that they use on a very regular basis. They're going to look for someone that uh, they have good two-way communications with. The retainer physician is probably less likely to get consultation unless the patient really needs a consultation. As I talk to consultants uh, around the country, they don't want every consult they get because some really don't need consultation with that subspecialty. So I think the retainer physician, because he or she can spend more time with the patient, is a bit less likely to get the unnecessary consultation, but rather provide more information and a better background for the necessary consultation. How will this play out uh, with particularly chronic kidney disease patients? Well, I would hope that the retainer physician would be skilled in stage three chronic kidney disease and know what the red flags are for getting a nephrologist involved in the care. I believe they'll be more likely to do concurrent care with a nephrologist, at least until the time the patient needs dialysis. With many dialysis patients, though, the patients are so complex that they still may want to have that retainer physician to take care of the entirety of the patient with the nephrologist also working with the patient specifically on the end-stage renal disease management. Obviously, this, this type of care model raises a number of ethical issues, and um, recently you published an article in the Annals of Internal Medicine, and there was also an editorial that accompanied it, so there's been a fair amount of discussion in the literature about some of these ethical issues. And, and just to, to start with one, given some of the projections with the healthcare workforce in the United States, particularly with the physician workforce, if individual primary care physicians and internists in particular are caring for fewer patients, that will exacerbate the workforce crisis. How would you respond to that criticism? The critics of physicians doing retainer medicine uh, make the argument that you've just made in your question. They assume a dichotomy. You're either going to continue to practice primary care the way you've been practicing it, or you're going to become a retainer physician. That's a false dichotomy. Most of the physicians who become retainer physicians were either going to become a retainer physician or become a hospitalist or go back and do a subspecialty or quit medicine entirely. They're so unhappy with the practice that they are doing that to expect them to continue is the wrong position to take. We believe that this model is better for patients, especially very sick patients. We believe that it is better for physicians because our current payment structure encourages physicians to not spend enough time with their patients, and therefore the patients have an inordinate number of consultations and diagnostic tests rather than careful histories and physicals. We think it's ethical because it is the type of care that we would want to get ourselves. My co-author and I are not retainer physicians. We don't have any plans to be retainer physicians, but we understand the rationale behind it. You look at the workforce challenges as a larger problem 
from your perspective, how should organized medicine in general or the internal medicine community in particular approach the workforce, the potential workforce crisis in the United States? The most important thing is to make the primary care job a better job. Right now, it is not considered by our residents or the people doing it as an excellent job. It is primarily because of the payment system. The payment system drives the amount of time you spend with patients. I've talked to several retainer physicians who had been in the standard practice for many years. What they all tell me is having enough time to spend with the patient makes medicine enjoyable again. One of the forthcoming changes in how we deliver care in the United States relates to the accountable care organizations. From your perspective, how would the retainer medicine model fit with ACOs? I suspect ACOs will not look favorably on the retainer medicine. This is clearly an entrepreneurial model, and the ACO is more of a group model. Uh, they would do well, though, to learn from the experience of retainer physicians, the experience that has not yet been published, unpublished data, suggests that you decrease hospitalizations, you decrease health care costs by paying that upfront retainer. I believe what that means is allowing physicians to spend enough time with patients to do the proper interaction, the proper physical exam, and the proper thinking leads to better care. That's my belief. If an ACO can figure out how to do that and to minimize the number of patients that an internist needs to see, and moreover, minimize the number of patients a nephrologist needs to see or a cardiologist needs to see. We're talking specifically about general internal medicine, but the same concept applies to every subspecialty. We all fall into the trap of because we're being paid for a level three visit, the sooner we get that level three visit over with, the sooner we can see the next patient. And that's the wrong way to think about internal medicine. So a second ethical concern is, is health disparities and the potential that if more and more physicians choose the retainer model and they have fewer patients for whom they care and those patients are being asked to pay an upfront fee, that it's likely that the poor, perhaps the sicker, um, the people who don't have the wherewithal to, to enter into a retainer relationship with a physician will not be covered. And I'm wondering how you respond to that concern. There are two possibilities here. One is the Affordable Care Act will at least give these people insurance and perhaps there'll be more primary care physicians if the payment modifications are done uh, aggressively enough. The other is that most retained physicians do take scholarship patients. Best I can tell from my conversations with the retainer physicians and even some of the letters to the editor that we received on our annals piece, most retainer physicians do set aside a certain percentage of their practice for people who do not have money to pay. It's pro bono work, much like lawyers do pro bono work. That, I think, is an ethical responsibility of all physicians to take care of some patients who do not have the wherewithal to pay. And I think we should expect that from, from all internists, whether they're doing retainer practice or not. 
So from your perspective, as you think about retainer medicine, what do you think is the right personality and the right skill set? Well, retainer medicine is for a skilled internist who clearly needs more time with patients to provide the highest quality care, who loves outpatient medicine and is uncomfortable every day by the numbers of patients he or she is seeing in the traditional internal medicine practice. Uh, as I talk to internists in practice, many internists in practice are unhappy, and they're unhappy because they're trying to see patients too fast. It's the wrong message to give to people who might go into internal medicine. Ask physicians to see more patients than they really should is one of the problems we have both with cost uh, and with quality of care. If you don't spend enough time with the patient, you make up for it by ordering tests, many of which are unnecessary. Well, Dr. Centaur, thank you again for joining us for today's discussion. Thank you very much. This podcast is copyrighted by the American Society of Nephrology. All rights reserved. All content in this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to be medical advice. The information in this podcast should not be used during a medical emergency or for the diagnosis or treatment of any medical condition. Please consult your doctor or other qualified health care provider if you have any questions about any medical condition or before taking any drug, changing your diet, or commencing or discontinuing any course of treatment. Thank you for listening to this podcast of the American Society of Nephrology.